AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Welcome to the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Josh Smith, editor of Ground Support Worldwide, and today we're discussing how one ground handling company is utilizing an advanced safety risk analytics model to improve operational efficiencies. And to offer some insight, I'd like to welcome Brian Bartell, Senior Vice President of Safety and Compliance at ground handling firm Unify. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Hi, Josh. We're happy to have you along, and we also have two representatives from Artis Consulting joining in, Terry Smith and Paul Huggins. Both work for Artis, a Microsoft partner and consulting firm that assists clients with digital transformations through enhanced use of data. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Terry and Paul. Thanks for having us, Josh. Thanks, Josh. There's a lot to cover, so I appreciate everyone's willingness to share more information with our listeners about uh, artificial intelligence modeling and how it can benefit the ground handling industry. So, uh, Brian, to get us into the conversation, can you tell us a bit about what compelled Unify to investigate an AI solution? And were there specific areas of your ground services that you felt required a more data-driven approach? Yeah, Josh, uh, Unify Uh, conducts operations in more than 200 locations across the U.S. uh, with just under 25,000 employees. And so uh, a key objective for us was to find a scalable approach to address risk in the business. Um, Additionally, I I think in this industry, we have a sense of those operations that struggle to perform. And and, and a key element of that performance is obviously safety performance. Um, But what what has been difficult for us uh, has been uh, identifying those locations before there's an incident or before something goes uh, goes awry. So um, so that was really our, our motivation was to ensure that we could keep an eye on those sites uh, that haven't yet ha- experienced some sort of uh, concerning safety incident. I see. So if I understand correctly, Unify is using uh, kind of multiple services uh, through Microsoft. Uh, Paul, can you offer our listeners kind of a crash course on, on the platforms uh, being used and what, what each one of them allows a client like Unify to accomplish? Yeah, sure, Josh. So there was a lot of different technology that went into this solution. Uh, Kind of the three main key pieces of that, uh, one being Azure Databricks, the second being Azure Machine Learning, and the third being Power BI. So Databricks was really our main tool for cleaning, transforming, uh, normalizing all of the data into a format that we could then use for machine learning. Azure Machine Learning is where, you know, quote unquote, all the magic happens. Uh, we utilize machine learning pipelines to both train multiple models at once, as well as make predictions on those models on a scheduled uh, scheduled trigger. Power BI is more of a visualization tool that we used that was used to kind of neatly and cleanly display the results of this very complex process to both technical and non-technical users. So those are kind of the three main key pieces for it. And then kind of the last orchestration, the guy running the show behind it was Azure Data Factory. That was the tool that we used to really orchestrate and guide all these jobs at once. 
And so if I'm following the, the platform suite itself, then uh, identifies and assesses future safety risks by using um, two specific steps, uh, one of which is a predictive element. And then the second is a prescriptive component. Um, you know, how does the first step effectively make the predictions and, and what types of risk does the predictive ele- element um, you know, essentially evaluate? Yeah, so this was a, a, a fun time we had with Brian to try and kind of discern all these different scenarios and kind of talk through all the different cases here. But we landed on really algorithms and models that picked up, picked up on both patterns and anomalies in the data set. So some of these things uh, can be really hard to predict or not at all. For example, you know, somebody slipping and falling on ice, that's kind of hard to predict, um, if, if at all, frankly. But things that we can predict are things of, you know, um, the, the brake was not checked on a card, there was high winds, there was something going on over time or staffing wise. And we can really try and key in on those features in this big kind of melting pot of, of factors and variables going on um, to, to build both a, a pattern recognition and kind of an anomaly detector to try and pick up on these rare cases. And we're currently evaluating three types of risk. Uh, one is an aircraft specific event. One is more of an injury focused event. And then we have a third more broad bucket that focuses on any any events at all that would be inside of one of those two. So then once that information you know is collected, how is it then assessed by the um, the software platform to to make this the um, the prescriptive suggestions? Yeah, so once the system makes that first set of predictions, uh, we have a set of actions defined by Brian and his team that we plug into the system. Uh, these actions we then use to create new unique data sets that represent the quantifiable impact that each one of these actions being taken can have in real life. These new data sets that we created are then passed through the same models that we just used for predictions and we get new risk scores out of that. So feeding it through a different data set, we're gonna get a different result out of it. And then from there, we take a look at which of the actions that Brian can take, which of those reduced the risk, and then we aggregate those together to make kind of a combined, you know, multiple step action take to create these kind of unique situations where maybe only three of the four actions that Brian and team can do effectively mitigated the risk. So we're going to kind of make combinations of those three and run those back through the model to see what a, you know, a combined or multi-step action would look like. And I understand that it's been a a pretty successful um, uh, start to this. Um, How reliable is that predictive components uh, assessment of, of some of these factors? Yeah, so I think right now we're sitting at approximately 94, 95-ish percent accuracy. We've got really good other metrics to back that up. Um, And then we just recently kind of took a look over the past few months of this being in production and analyzed the events that did happen with the risk scores that our models came out with. And we saw a strong correlation, a strong pattern of areas of high risk. There, there was actually an event uh, that occurred there, areas of low risk that no event occurred. So we're seeing, I think, overall good results from the system. Very impressive. Brian, to put some of this technology into context, then, uh, you know, can you share a specific example of how the, the two-step process has allowed Unify to anticipate a potential situation and then plan accordingly? Yeah, Josh, I think Paul alluded to a really great example of a melting pot of data in regards to a a uh, baggage cart being blown. 
Uh, we, we use 30 different dimensions of data at the high level. Uh, this data includes turnover, experience level, uh, overtime, uh, prior event history, weather, a lot of different factors that we would know from the safety perspective as contributing factors. And, and so if you think about a cart being blown, um, obviously wind is a factor, but looking at the type of equipment, the age of equipment, and within our organization, we have high wind plans to mitigate against such risk. There are steps you can take, such as linking multiple carts together, um, parking them in different directions or different areas. But that's dependent upon the experience level of the leadership driving the operation or the employees who are working the operation. It's also dependent on those operations having the the flex within the environment. So if we have high rates of overtime and a level of complexity in the flight schedule, we might not have the resources free to go and to take those actions. And that's really the beauty of the predictive model is to look across um, all of these different dimensions of data um, based on, on the patterns and anomalies that have occurred and to make accurate pr predictions and to express an output that reflects risk. Now, that's the first step in, in the process is identifying that risk. The prescriptive part then uh, breaks down for us the types of support that the operation needs to mitigate that risk. And it might be um, a retention mitigation plan. It might be um, hiring solution to address the, the overtime or, or temporary assignment of employees from other locations, uh, leadership support. There's a, there's a variety of different uh, prescriptive actions that we can take tactically uh, that mitigate that risk and and would ultimately then prevent that sort of event from occurring. Uh, very interesting. Hey, um, let's take a quick break, um, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, Unify's journey into artificial intelligence technology. Would you like to reach key decision makers in the industry? Share your message on the Aviation Pros podcast and reach key leaders across all facets of aviation, including aircraft maintenance, airports, FBOs, airlines, and ground handling. Contact one of Aviation Pros' helpful account representatives to find out more. We're back with Unify's Brian Bartell and Artist Consulting's Terry Smith and Paul Huggins. And in the first half of the conversation, we got a better understanding of what an advanced safety risk analytics model is. And I'd like to use the second half of this episode then to learn more about what was required of Unify to actually implement uh, a system like this into its ground operations and how it might be used uh, even further uh, as we move into the future. Uh, so, so Brian, what were the first steps required of Unify when working with Artist Consulting to create an AI model that can analyze data and make operational recommendations? And, and when did that project officially begin? Well, Josh, th this work dates back to uh, uh, 2019. Um, and this is a really important question because I think the first hurdle is the most challenging hurdle to overcome. Uh, what was unique about Unify is that Prior to that point, Unify was a wholly owned subsidiary, and through a transition in ownership, uh, we were we we essentially needed to stand up all the systems that our business needed to operate. So we needed our own HR system, our own procurement system, our own financial systems, our safety management systems, and so in doing so, uh, our CTO had the foresight to align the data architecture uh, across the business and to facilitate our ability 
to to flow all that data into a data lake or into Azure. And so with all of that data, then that really kind of set the stage of of possibilities for us. And so um, as we uh, partnered with with artists. Uh, which has a tremendous level of experience using uh, these Microsoft tools, we were then able uh, to uh, kind of build out this plan of of what we wanted to use as our uh, as our target. Our target were were safety incidents, um, and then they helped build the links to the the data and the model uh, to then uh, uh, start to create our our predictive, uh, and then later uh, followed by our prescriptive model. Terry, you know, especially considering those initial challenges that Brian just uh, described there, you know, what role does artists consulting then play in that initial process? You know, what type of education does a, a client require to develop a system that meets their needs? And, you know, kind of what tools are available to a company like Unify as they uh, begin this process? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned earlier, Josh and, and Brian alluded to it, uh, Artist Consulting specializes in, in building custom data and AI solutions on Microsoft's Azure platform. So in, in this scenario, uh, in the initial process, our friends at, at Microsoft were great partners for both Artists and Unify and really helped to get this initiative started. Uh, when we began working with Brian and the Unify team, our, fir- our focus was, was first on understanding Unify and their business objectives. Uh, and once we were able to do that, we could then help them envision the art of the possible for the solution. Uh, and Brian and team were great to work with because they have such an intimate knowledge uh, of their business uh, and also aviation safety. So once we had a solid understanding of what they were trying to achieve, uh, we were then able to come up with a solution design that would meet those objectives. So those were those were the key steps in the initial process. And then to your question around what type of education uh, is required for clients. It, it really starts with clients needing to have the proper mindset to be successful with an AI project because AI projects are are much different than a traditional IT project. We're not just standing up some servers. So the the most challenging aspect of an AI project is is not selecting the right technology. It's it's realizing the proper approach to take to achieve success, and so. It's making sure you're asking the right questions about your data and seeking to identify what is objectively true. So there's generally some education for clients on kind of the iterative nature of a data science project. And so, you know, we we view data science projects in in a six step iterative process where you you first start with understanding the client's business and their objectives, uh, as, as we previously discussed. And only then can you move on to understanding, okay, what is the underlying data that's associated with that business? Uh, and once you have that understanding, you can start to move on to more uh, of the technical aspects that Paul covered, engineering the data, uh, cleansing that data, starting to create and develop your models, evaluating those models, how well are they performing? Uh, and then finally, you know, once you feel good about that, you can deploy those models when you're ready. Uh, and, and Brian was very valuable in this process because you know, he obviously understands the business, uh, but he really knows the underlying data uh, and was able to provide feedback quickly for us throughout that iterative process uh, to make sure we were still going in the right direction. And uh, that was a that was a critical element uh, of the success of this initiative. And then, you know, just as far as what tools are available for, for companies like Unify, uh, you know, it really depends. Um, there's a lot of tools available, uh, certainly, you know, a, a lot of options within the Microsoft suite. 
And it depends on the level of sophistication needed for the solution. So, you know, for for those AI type of projects that are more basic workloads, there are certainly pre-built models available that, that are trained by Microsoft and Azure uh, that come with no code solutions like AI Builder. There's there's low code solutions like form recognizer for other AI types uh, of services. Uh, but for complex and sophisticated scenarios like Unify, uh, you know, Azure has a full suite of tools, companies uh, and, and partners like artists can can choose from depending upon uh, the requirements uh, needed for that specific project. Very good. Um, you know, Brian, looking at this project, then specifically, you talked about um, kind of the origins of this project going back several years. But, you know, when when was Unify's predictive safety model then actually implemented, you know, within the company's operations? And, and what's been the initial feedback from the staff members interacting with it? Yeah, Josh, our partnership with artists on this project uh, has has been in motion now for uh, roughly eight months, uh, dating back to May of 2022. Uh, the first phase was that predictive model, uh, which wrapped up around August of last year. The prescriptive solution uh, part has just been online now for a, a couple of weeks out of test mode. Uh, so it is still very fresh. Um, I think with any large technology project, kind of the the, the first step is to to build trust. And, and that's really what we've been working to do uh, with the prescriptive solution is to build trust, uh, identify examples of how the model is making accurate predictions, and and to do that with with the senior leaders. We we are now at a phase where we understand the ins and the outs of that predictive model. Uh, we we uh, our understand we're we're learning a lot more about the factors impacting that model that the 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 data uh, that's really driving some of the decisions, and we're now at a point where we're going to begin uh, rolling this out with our regional leaders and also uh, some of our headquarters groups because the prescriptive model you can either look at from an operational basis and to drill down into a contract at a site and understand. Uh, what sort of uh, foundational elements we need to modify to reduce risk, but you can also look at it from a, uh, a program perspective. So, uh, for for example, our folks in uh, training and development uh, can very quickly kind of narrow the scope of where we need additional leadership development, or from a HR and, and hiring perspective, where there's the greatest need uh, for hiring um, that not only satisfies the, um, you know, filling the positions, but also uh, will mitigate risk. And so um, we're, we're now in the adoption phase. Uh, we've got confidence in our model. Uh, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, it tells us what we need to know. Uh, it gives us the recommendations that will address the potential challenges. And so uh, now it's a matter of uh, working with our folks so that they understand how they can leverage this as a key tool uh, to be more successful uh, in, in their roles. And as you help um, your teammates, uh, you know, better understand how this can be used, um, you know, have, have you realized any immediate success stories or examples that, um, you know, kind of demonstrate the system's value to unify? And, you know, is there something you can share with our listeners, but, you know, maybe an example that's kind of demonstrated uh, this platform's value to, you know, other people working at unify? 
Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing improvements from a quality assurance perspective. We've been using the predictive model uh, to to go out and conduct our quality assurance audits. We're seeing our customer audits now come back. Uh, we're starting to see some positive trending directions there. Uh, so we know that you know where it's predicting risk, uh, we can get out ahead of it. Uh, work with the station leaders to identify the specifics in their business uh, and help them run a better business. Um, we've had some situations where uh, we weren't doing an effective job training our folks is what we should have been. The model uh, identified risk in the business. Uh, one of the top priorities was to address training needs. Uh, we were able to see that and we're able to then uh, supplement and support those needs. So um, we, we we know that it's um, it's pointing us in the right direction and it's highlighting what maybe if you look at individual dashboards into specific areas of the business might not be uh, abundantly clear or obvious. You know, as you move from this adoption process or the adoption phase of the process, I should say. Uh, Paul, are there ways for this system to be further enhanced as more data is collected? Uh, it sounds like Unify is off to a, a good start you know, with the platform, but where could things potentially go from here? Yes, that's a great question, Josh. We see this really as a, a springboard for what's to come for them. Uh, we, we designed this with the intent to be both flexible and scalable allowing Unified to bring on additional service lines or additional sites as they come in, as well as train new models whenever they want to look at different areas of risk in the business. Um, it also allows them to bring in new data sets as it comes in if they want to incorporate things outside of stuff we've already discussed, maybe some IoT or some of the type of technologies that can all be incorporated into it at a scalable and flexible manner to get the most value out of it. And, and Brian, with that ability to you know scale the model, are there any areas of uh, Unify's operations specifically that that may benefit from an expanded use of a predictive safety platform in the future? Yeah, Josh, um, safety incidents are a symptom of the operation, and so in an environment where safety incidents can occur, it's the same type of environment where we could. Uh, take delays, we could mishandle passenger baggage, uh, and we could also see poor results in NPS scores. And so this is turning out to be, from what we've seen so far, more than just a, a tool to mitigate risk, but it's really a tool to run a healthy operation for us. And, and with that, not only comes improvements in, in our safety performance, but in all of our other key areas uh, that are important to our customers um, for for their organizations. And so uh, that that alone is just a a tremendous benefit. It's really an operational health tool is is what we've realized. Um, but, you know, additionally, now that now that the links are in place and, and we have the data, I mean, it's really a lot about the, the training data. Uh, so when this model was trained, we used some specific incident parameters. We looked at aircraft damages that the air carriers consider as, as chargeable. Um, we also looked at near misses. We looked at those damages with very little impact that were literally in some cases uh, millimeters worth of damage away from being chargeable. And so we looked at kind of the scope of events. But if, if you wanted to look at um, another target, let's say uh, leadership turnover. You could then, instead of using the date and the time at which the aircraft incidents occurred, 
you could use um, a date, you know, 30 days out before you had some sort of leadership turnover. You could then retrain that model based on that training data and and create a a new model uh, that would predict for you when perhaps you're going to have leadership turnover. So maybe you could address the environment and the challenges that leaders faced before making decisions to move on to other organizations. So, I mean, there's all sorts of really incredible things you could do. It's just about, uh, you know, what what is the data you have available and uh, what do you want to target with your training data? Yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to evolve uh, in the future. Uh, But that's going to conclude this edition of the Aviation Pros podcast. I'd like to thank our guests again, Brian Bartell, Terry Smith, and Paul Huggins. And if you'd like to learn more about Unify's ground handling operations, you can visit www.unifyservice.com. Unify is spelled U-N-I-F-I, service.com. And for more information about Artist Consulting Services, you can check out www.artistconsulting.com. And to stay up to date on improved ground handling operations, the latest technology in the ground support space, and related aviation topics, you can subscribe to Ground Support Worldwide's daily newsletter. And as always, please continue to visit aviationpros.com.